When Teresa and I travel, a lot of times we try to just get the best deal. But on you know, special occasions or anniversaries, big milestones or whatever, I'll, I'll try to save back a little bit instead a nicer place. It's so funny, though, how I am. When I first walk into a nice hotel, I'm taken aback at the, you know, just the opulence of the, of the place. You know, how the layout is and, you know, the, they've, they've spared no expense. And, and mind, mind you, I'm, I'm probably explaining three-star hotels. Most of you know my, <laughs> what means a person I am. We're not talking about, you know, Trump Tower or nothing like Luis Sanchez would get or, or even the, uh, you know, the Ritz Carlton like Steve Morrow might. But we're talking about like a, a, let's say a fancy Motel Six. Okay, they've got they've got good amenities. Their their soap is uh, not in the in the paper wrapping, but it's just there waiting for you with no hair on it. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter how nice the hotel that we stay in. If we're there for multiple days, let's say it is a, a Hilton or a uh, a Wyndham. You know, and, and, you know, great reviews and lots of stars. And if I'm there more than three days, I begin to treat it like a Motel 6. I mean, it's, it's just, it loses all of its wow factor. It loses all of its pizzazz. I mean, all the opulence is gone. And instead, it's just, oh, this is just a, another hotel. They've got an ice machine. They've got vending machines. They've got, you know, breakfast down there for me in the morning. Whether I have to order it or... Or go through the uh, buffet of microwaved breakfast goods that, that they have. It, it all becomes the same. It just runs together. You know, we, we've we've stayed at nice hotels. We've stayed at the days in. I, I like to call them day in because there's no way anybody wants to stay more than one day there. But they all run together because I get used to what it is. You know, I, I told you I've been reading in Exodus. I'm still reading in Exodus. Um, I may never exodus the book of Exodus. And that's just where God's got me right now. And I'd like to say it's because I'm a slow reader, but I have to admit, I think it's because God is showing me how much of my life relates to the children of Israel. When you get into their Mount Sinai encounter, and we know they were at Mount Sinai for about 11 months, uh, from Exodus 19 to Numbers 1010 that whole that that gives us kind of an idea about how long they were there but you know Wiersbe points out that eight times he Moses ascended and descended the mount to talk with God but you think about when they first get to Mount Sinai Exodus chapter 19 God is telling them that I'm about to meet with you on this mountain remember when you were at the burning bush and I promised you that I would speak with you on the mountain. This has become fulfilled, and here you are at the mountain of God, Mount Sinai. And he warns Moses that he's going to take him up, but you've got to keep the people away because I'll kill them. He's showing us a principle here of what it is to be holy and be be separate to be separate from. He tells them, you've got to keep the people this far away. They cannot, if they run up and touch this mountain, if they run up and come to the mountain, they will die. 
because I'm holy and they're not. And, he, and Moses tells the people, and they say, yes, we will do all the things that God has said we will to do. And he goes and God warns them again. Tells them, tells them to, to not come to the mountain, to stay in the place. And so on the, the day that God is going to have Moses first come up to him, he, he tells Moses to get the people ready. And there's a, there's a sound of a trump. The Bible says a trumpet that just blasts so loud it scares the whole people of Israel. This massive, almost three million people nation at the time. Scares them. And, and as they get to the place where God has told Moses to take them, to have them to be near but not too close, the trump sound begins to get louder and louder. And the, mountain, the Bible says the mountain trembles and it's got fire coming off of it like a kiln. The, uh, the, uh, there's smoke pouring off this mountain. And the Bible, the, God told Moses, the, the, the Bible says that he was going to speak to Moses in a way that the people could hear him. In other words, there was going to be thunderings. When God spoke to Moses. And so if you get this picture of this mountain that is trembling like an earthquake. And that has fire coming off of it. And smoke pouring from it. And there's thunderings in the heavens as God speaks with Moses. I guess the, the overwhelming thought that I have about this is that the people of Israel were, were fearful Oh yeah, and, and there's also the sound of a trumpet that's just loud coming off of the mountain. And yet we read in, in Exodus that on one of the times that Moses went up to talk with God, he was gone for 40 days and 40 nights. And the people wanted a God they could see and serve. And so they talked to Aaron about making them a golden calf. We, this is what we want. This is what we need. We need this. I'm going to talk to you more about that this week. When people who have no idea what they need say we need this, it's really not a great idea to just cater to their needs. In ministry, we talk so much about meeting people's needs. Well, what if said people don't have a clue what they need? Are we still supposed to meet their needs? But back on point for today, the overwhelming thing that I was drawn to that God really spoke to my heart about was that, Jeremy, just as you go in a hotel and one day you're impressed and one day you're taken aback, and day three, it's just it's just same old, same old. Do you see yourself spiritually, Jeremy, in, in, the, in the, at the base of Mount Sinai? Do you see that it is not enough to be around the presence of God that you have to be intentionally pursuing and intentionally intentionally dwelling with and in the presence of God. Here's this people that are in the presence of a holy God, so much so that if you cross over into this area, you're going to die. And this mountain is trembling, fire and smoke pour from it, thunderings of heaven, the sound of a trumpet is blasting. But they got so used to it. They got so used to being around it. That they turned to false gods and they turned to idol worship. 
It's easy to throw stones at the Israelites. But I do the same thing. To be in and around the Word of God, to spend time with Him in the Word of God, and still somehow let Him slip out of His rightful position as first in my life, and to put other things before Him, entertainment, pleasure, family, to put other things before God. Kyle Ottoman points out those are great things. My wife, I've said this before, my wife's a great wife. My kids are great kids, but they make horrible gods. I cannot let them slip out of the out of the place in my life they belong. I love how Tony Evans said there's two things God won't do. He won't sin and he won't stay second place in your life. He's to be first. So if you're just in and around the presence of God. Maybe you have friends that are their lives are burning flames of God's power and presence in their life. They are letting their lights shine so brightly before man and people are seeing their good works and glorifying the Father which is in heaven. If you have a church family that's just experienced a revival and people are pounding the altars and people are just giving their lives to God and they're surrounding around you, can I tell you, just as it's been true for me, it will be true for you. It is not good enough to be surrounded by the presence of God. We have to be pursuing the presence of God in our lives. To spend time, not just in His Word, but to spend time with Him in His Word. Not just to spend time in prayer, but to spend time with Him in prayer. It changed Moses' life. At the end of that encounter, you see Moses had to cover his face because his face shone with the glory of God. I hope this... I hope this hits home. It sure did in my life. God doesn't want to impress me. God wants to change me. He loves me. He loved me just the way I was when I came to Him. But He loves me far too much to leave me that way. As His Word tells us in Ephesians 2.10, we are His workmanship which he has good works that are already ready for us to do. I have to seek him, pursue him, listen to his leading, follow his voice, and he'll put my hands to work, and he'll set me apart. God bless you.